Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So sorry, yeah, last week for the unexpected absence. So my dog went missing on Monday. Um, and thank and so my week was was pretty bad. Um, and so I we got her back on Friday, thankfully. And I do just want to put a little service announcement out there. Verify with your, your information with your chip company if you have one. Um, my dog was very well taken care of, but um, the chip company gave the people that found her um, all the wrong information. So like wrong email, wrong phone number, wrong name, like everything was just wrong. And so, um, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a long week to say the least. Um, but today we have a very amazing guest. Um, she was probably one of my first, uh, Twitter followers and or somebody that i followed on twitter we've been we've known each other for quite a while and i actually this is, will be the second time she's been on the channel um but it's been about two years um so welcome josie aka the redheaded libertarian um how are you i'm great how are you sarah i'm doing well yeah i had to look it up i, I was like when did i have josie on last and it was june of 2021 it was and right so, after. Yeah, so everything has been growing since then. Your channel, my channel, platforms just exploding out of everywhere. And and that was, did you have, was your account banned when you came on before? Or was that right after or before that? My account was banned for a few months before I came on. Yeah, I got banned uh, uh, February 20, January, February 2021. Um, and so I, I had just been on my, my backup account, uh, just hanging out over there with like no followers at all, just chilling. And you're like, Hey, come on my show. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Let's, 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 uh, let's bring you out. And, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, since, uh, Elon took over, uh, Twitter, it seems like you got your account back and mm -hmm. God, you've been growing. <laughs> it is wild. I don't know what happened. I don't know where it came from, but yeah, I'm like. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to hit half a million followers this <laughs> this summer, which is just mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. I'm so humbled by the whole thing that people that that many people care about what I have to say. It's well, you've like, always they, said great things. So <laughs> you're somebody, and and honestly, I've always looked at your content and what you've just provided forward because you don't you've never really created content. You've just speak on Twitter and now you're doing a lot of Twitter spaces, but when you go on shows and stuff like that, like, you know, the constitution just about better than almost anybody I know. So I learned mm -hmm. so much just from when you speak about that. So <laughs> I always have one nearby, actually a pocket constitution. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. I like, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love this, the setup and, and you got going on there. So it's great. Mm -hmm. um, but what else do you got going on? Like, what have you been up to? I work for uh, Tim Pool now. I do outside media work. So he has me going on different shows and podcasts and talking on there and shouting out the show. You know, if you're listening to this, go uh, run over there and smash that subscribe button and help uh, support <laughs> our work. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do work with him, which which I love. Uh, Tim and I were friends before um, for years. So it's, it's nice to be part of something so big in a cause such as that. Um, other than that, I'm just living the dream. I'm in Florida now instead of Massachusetts, which is wonderful. Um, my kids are thriving. Family's great. It's a 
it's it's perfect everything is perfect yeah yeah that was a big move because you did that was that last year or two years yeah no it was last year right yeah yeah i got to do the point in massachusetts where they're like trying to mandate the shots for the kids and they're trying to trans everything and i'm just like we gotta we don't belong here anymore this is this is not healthy or normal yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I was down in Florida last year just as you were moving, so we didn't get to link up. But next yeah, time, we missed. I'm, I'm yeah. down there. We're going to hang out. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm like, I'm uh, about an hour and a half south of Orlando and Tampa. So um, that's a quick drive up for me. And I'm about two and a half, three hours north of Miami. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in awesome. no man's land, but I'm close enough to travel anywhere to hang out anywhere, you know, because we got to do like a beach day or something for sure. Oh, 100 mm -hmm. percent. Um, but yeah, it's it's so good. I'm I'm so glad that um, you were able to come on and and actually you were supposed to come on last week, but like you heard my opening, I'm glad that we didn't we actually moved it before that because it was a sign. yeah, <laughs> it was a bad week. <laughs> I was crazy the last three weeks before that too. Like I traveled every single weekend. I was in Austin. I was in Miami. I was in Tampa. I was I was all over the place, and it's like. I, I didn't, I was going to take the weekend and just do nothing. And then I got called to Miami. So I had to go to Miami and I was just like, all right, I need, I just need a day. Cause I had been nonstop for over three weeks, just no days oh, off. Yeah. And I got, I need a break or I'm going to, I felt myself getting burned out. Like if I went on your show, if you had it, like good thing you didn't, but it would have <laughs> just been like, I just would have been like burnout. Like, Zoned <laughs> out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's actually, you said, you mentioned something. You've been doing a lot of traveling, but I noticed that you were doing a lot of stuff for the the Mises Caucus events and stuff like that, right? That's where you were at before yeah. you went to Miami, right? So what yeah. is the Mises Caucus doing um, with these events? So they're uh, they're spreading they're spreading awareness on, on what, what it is, what the libertarian movement is and what the Mises caucus does. It's more of like, I guess people would recognize it as like a right leaning libertarian, as opposed to a left leaning libertarian. If you have to put it in those terms, it's, it's pragmatic libertarianism and they're training people on how to outreach to, um, to people who might not be listening, you know, like how to, how to speak their language They're They were doing outreach, outreach trainings. Um, and then just letting, uh, libertarians speak about what it means to be a libertarian. And I was very lucky. I got to talk about the constitution. I got to talk about the first constitutional convention. Um, and that's, that's where my passion is. And um, I brought a lot of that to the libertarian party. When I first got involved, I would talk a lot about um, the constitution because I realized how far a lot of, and I'm talking 2018, 2019, how far a lot of the libertarians got away from the constitution. And we're more looking at like self-indulgence as opposed to property rights and things like that. So yeah. it was kind of bridge it and branch it. And uh, now I see a lot of people really respecting the constitution and talking about it more, all that's important parts, bill of rights in particular. Yeah. That was one thing I think that people started looking at was, I mean, there were so many that were just so focused on like ANCAP philosophy that they weren't mm -hmm. actually looking at what's practical, um, mm -hmm. you know, in our current system. And I think if we can get back to the constitution, then we can work from there. But it's good. I think that the outreach is, is really good. And, and a lot of people need to learn how to, I always say that we need to learn how to lobby because I guess I was telling you before the show, I learned how to lobby this, this last year. Um, I've been lobbying bills across the country. I have three bills in Louisiana, um, my best one here in Georgia. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, 
it's something that we can do to, you know, in common sense legislation to shrink government, you know, is to lobby our, our state and local governments. Exactly. And the way forward with the libertarian movement is absolutely on a local and a state level. It's not on a federal level. Not yet. There's too no. much. Too much has to be undone to even get to that point, whether it's um, I think they need 15% in three different polls to even be able to debate. And that's just not going to happen. And that's all stuff no. that happens, you know, when uh, George Bush didn't win a second term. That's that, that's how far yeah. back this goes. No, you're absolutely right. But all right, let's let's jump into our first story today. And actually, this is some this is we're going to lead off with some good news here. So um, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Texas, Texas House actually became the next state in the union to. Um, or so the House moved forward a bill that would ban um, basically all child sex changes uh, in the state. And I think the biggest story, the biggest, you know, the story is one Democrat broke ranks and voted with it. And she actually said some really, you know, common sense stuff when it came to it. Like she was like, we've always protected children. Why are we doing something? You know, why are we changing that now? Mm -hmm. um, and you, you've been kind of talking a lot about, like you said, trans issues quite a bit especially yes. in like your Twitter spaces and stuff. Right. So, yeah. um, where, like, what do you think the path forward is on the issue? The path forward on the issue in general is going to be states' rights. So, mm -hmm. uh, states like Florida, my state are banning sex changes for children, which is a very normal moral. This is the way that that's, that's, that's right. Like that is yeah. morally and factually the right thing to do is to ban child sex changes. These children can't consent. They don't, they don't know about sex. They don't know about orgasms. They don't understand pregnancy, nothing like that, that they would understand as an adult, which would give them informed consent to have a sex change. They can't possibly grasp at 12 years old when they're having top surgeries at Boston Children's Hospital or elsewhere. So um, when it comes to when when it comes to trans transing children, the way forward would be just to, just a, a federal ban of all of it. Like this is disgusting and gross. However, that's not going to happen because of yeah. these trans refuge laws that some states are passing as a reactionary knee jerk reaction to um, to Florida. And that that says your child, like my child, if if she decided to, could run off to Minnesota or another one of these trans refuge states and have top surgery and get hormones and do all of this stuff and they wouldn't extradite her. It's legalized trafficking, kidnapping, mutilization yeah. and sterilization of children is, is what these are. So the way forward pragmatically and logically will be strong states' rights. We're gonna start to see states, our 50 states look like 50 sovereign countries with their own rules, their own leaders, their own, their own agendas. And uh, we're starting to see it now. But I mean, if you think 10 years ago when you went to visit Florida, you would go to visit because it's sunny and Disney World's there. But now you're going because the governor is not an authoritarian tyrant, you know? So yeah. So we're going to see that. We're going to start to see a separation of that moving forward. Yeah. And and I mean, that was the uh, the Oregon bill, like when they were 
you know, looking at the Oregon bill, like one of them was like talking about gender affirming care and they're like, gender affirming care can happen as early as eight years old and all this stuff. And you're like, hold no. on. And you know what else is interesting? What is interesting about these bills that they're passing, the one in Minnesota, for instance, it bans yeah. uh, conversion therapy. So if a gay yeah. man went to a therapist and said, I don't think I'm gay. I don't know if I'm gay. They're not even allowed to. This is what Dr. Peterson had said. He said, if yeah. if a gay man came to him and said, I don't think I'm gay. Can you help me like figure this out? He's not allowed to. Yeah. At all. That That's how, that's yeah. how deep conversion therapy goes. It's not yeah. just giving you therapy to, to change your brain. But the fact of the matter is they banned it for adults. So it goes one way. So children, we can trans into the opposite sex or whatever sex they think they are. And adults can't go to a therapist and say, I don't think I'm gay. Can you help me? They can't do it. So those things are banned. And yeah. They've also, in a lot of these refuge laws, wrapped an abortion to it as well. Like, oh, you can come here for, you know, an abortion yeah. up to 34 was, weeks or whatever. The Oregon bill did that. That was, they were debating. That was the headline. Now that one was actually on abortion because kids can come as young as 10 years old is what they had said, can come to the state, get an abortion without their parental knowledge or consent of it even happening. So basically a lot or a crime has already been committed and they're not even looking into the actual crime that was committed. And that is, you know, the child rape essentially. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, because they want to shift the age of consent that's what it's all going to go down to. And whether you want to look at that, like, um, uh, you know, the global pedophile, whatever that everybody always talks about, but they, they want the age of consent shifted. So they're shifting what children can do with their bodies. And the limit yeah. of consent for a child is what is, is them reinforcing what cannot be done to their bodies. Like, no, I don't want to take drugs. No, I don't want to drink alcohol. It's not, um, it, it's not this consenting to, be mutilated. It's not consenting to be permanently deformed as a child who does not have that, that informed consent. Liz, like I said yeah. before, they don't know about adult behaviors that they're going to need these parts for. No, you're absolutely right. That's the problem. Um, and actually it is interesting. So logic says, um, logic rec says, it surprised me how many adults seem to ignore the fact that kids can't consent. And you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the biggest issue is I, I always talk about because we know Marcy Bowers is the president of uh, the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. And she has said that a child who um, 100 percent of the times children that are that she has come across uh, her surgery desk to have, you know, a vaginoplasty. If they were actually blocked at Tanner stage two, they're never able to orgasm an adult as an adult. So they're they're basically consenting to something that they should not and they do not know what they are consenting to because they have not and they should not ever experience that until adulthood. Right. And so um, they're they're giving up something that they don't even know what it is. Exactly. And that's and you wonder about um, when they get old enough to understand what happened to them. Like, yeah. and how many detransitioners there are. What was interesting, um, I believe it was Billboard Chris who shared the information. Um, it's something like that the center that they closed in, um, it's Travis Doc, 
Tavistock? The Tavistock Clinic, yeah. Yes, yes. So they closed that one down. However, the detransition rate at that clinic was something like 1% to 2%, okay? Because they managed mm-hmm. to find a way to, to um, because there's a lot of false positives with trans and kids, you know, about a 20% yeah. false positive. Um, and then, you know, like the studies that said about 88% will outgrow it or, or were just gay and didn't know didn't know yeah. until they were old enough to understand what was what it was. But there's about a 20% here. So there's a lot of false positives. And Tavistock was yeah. able to weed them out, weed out the false positives and only had this very minute detransition rate because of it, you know? So it's well, like, and they closed I, anyway. I don't even know about, well, I, no, I don't even know about that. So the detransition rate on any study that they've done is very mm-hmm. small, any study they've done. But the problem yeah. is, is they're not studying it. And so the Tavistock mm-hmm. probably has high detransition de- rates. But w- for one, if you never show back up at the clinic, they never mm-hmm. mark you as a detransition. De- That's so a good it's, point. It's a yeah, self-report. They could, they could want to just disassociate entirely from that yeah. clinic and never go back there because they were mutilated and they don't trust them. You know, So that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, I just assumed that they figured out some sort of magic spell. I know that there were some things that they did do different. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what they were, but uh, Chris had outlined them. Um, and how they, and how they, and, and how they, um, counseled and how they, um, and how long they waited, uh, things like that. Or yeah. A little bit yeah. Their, their wait time was a little bit longer there, but that was mm-hmm. more of a, um, I think that was more of a socialized medicine issue that there were so many mm-hmm. new patients coming in that they couldn't well, handle the patient medicine load. socialized medicine is great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, so you wait a year because the socialized medicine aspect of it, because, and so really what was happening is, is a lot of these p- patients that were not really trans were taking away the care from the actual people that had genuine gender dysphoria. And so it's a really a conundrum there as well. Like, what do you do? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Absolutely. it is interesting going back to what you said about conversion therapy, because I mean, conversion therapy in and of itself is wrong. The old definition yeah. of it. But you're right. They're not really defining what conversion therapy is. And so it's kind of like, what is conversion therapy? What is an assault rifle? What is a woman? Like the left can't answer mm-hmm. any of those things without using circular definitions. And so when they put these because they want out on able, hate speech. <laughs> yes, they want to be able to fit anything into that definition that they want. So they keep it as big yeah. as they can. Oh, no, that yeah. we're going to include this. We're going to include that. And that's that's what they do. Uh, so, you know, I mean, like, same with hate speech laws, hate speech laws. What is hate speech? Like it's, you can ask them this stuff and it's like, they're so vague that they can be like, no, that's covered. And so you're right that even if that's not, the law doesn't ban it for therapists, therapists are so worried about that. It does that they can't even push back on, on, you know, if you're trans, you're say you're trans, like that's what it has to be. And so um, mm-hmm. I actually think the biggest thing with this is the lawsuits, like Chloe Cole's lawsuit and a lot of the detransitioner lawsuits are going to mm-hmm. be in blue states are going to be the best way to go forward because what those will do is de-incentivize the transition process. It, it de-incentivizes doctors from pushing this onto their patients because mm-hmm. they're going to get sued now. Yep. I like that. That's, that's how it should be, you know, like consequence yeah. accountability. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, again, that's the free market at work. Like, you you know that that's what's going to happen. The free market is what's going to change it in the blue states, in my opinion. And that's what lawsuits do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting with the, 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 with the bills, too, because it's like you can convert your body, but you can't convert your mind. 
you know, like just the way that they're written and it's just, and, and they're written like that on purpose, you know, but it's, it's, uh, no, you're right. You are yeah. right. Um, have you, uh, have you seen this though? This came up on the seventh. Let me see this doctor. I don't want, I don't necessarily want to play it all, but it basically says, yeah. Um, parents are in the way of doctors selecting the right puberty. And that's kind of it that he doesn't outright say it, but it kind of goes with that. Um, so. And I, I just really want um, people to, to understand a little bit more about that. You know, I think a lot of parents get scared uh, when they're, you know, kind of might disclose something. And, you know, looking at this bill, it's like they're so scared that they might be hiding something from them maybe for good reason, but they're, um, they're trying to codify it into law. And so we know that they're, we know that they're early bloomers, they're late bloomers naturally. And this is a really well thought out process that we work on in our team. And um, when I need to be able to have adequate time to assess and address the child's gender identity and experience and work with them and their families, even families who are having problems. And the goal of that is to make sure that this kid, this kiddo goes through the right puberty. Um, and so puberty suppressants, even though there not many people get the chance to use them, uh, really allow us the time that we need to induce a late blooming puberty where we can work together as family with mental health providers, with endocrinologists, and uh, interdisciplinary team to figure out what's going to put that child on the best trajectory for their life going forward. Because the repercussions of going through the wrong puberty are pretty awful um, and unnecessary medical risks uh, associated with gender, major gender affirming surgeries in the future. It's like bilateral mastectomy. If you're forcing people to delay puberty or um, or not, not to, or to, you're forcing pubertal development that could be the wrong pubertal development. They may have to have major surgeries. Um, it could also be unwanted and difficult or impossible. Some of these developments being done, like skeletal structure, your hands, how broad your shoulders are. Even the best surgeon couldn't necessarily help fix that. I also have things like voice pitch. So it's insane to me that he doesn't see that, like exactly what he's saying is the reason why we shouldn't be doing this right yes. <laughs> there's no one there's no such thing as the wrong puberty and two when you're talking about like the harms of medicalizing like patients like mia ashton had the piece that we highlighted on here um a couple weeks ago where the person died the person the person yes. died in 2016 because they didn't have enough tissue so they grafted from the colon and then um that caused um that, an that caused the, yeah the flesh-eating bacteria can you imagine a flesh-eating bacteria from your vagina going up no like this is no. awful this is disgusting um, and the, the reason that this happened is because he was given puberty blockers at such a young age that his penis, which I guess you're supposed to invert. I don't really, I didn't really dig too much into the surgery, yeah. but <laughs> there wasn't, there. it was a micro penis. It was, yeah. They gave him yeah. puberty blockers too young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and it was part enough. of the Dutch, it was part of the Dutch study that, that caused it. And it was only because of that, because if you are, yeah, if you're actually able to grow up and go through normal puberty, it's a much less risky surgery. And so 
it's really he's not even like they're not even looking at what the issues are of going through quote unquote the right puberty for your mm-hmm. sex like there you can't you can't just start a late bloomer puberty at the age of 16 and think that you're gonna just grow naturally you're never gonna be natural right no, and so that's what from um bone density is affected yep. in this and, um and then study after study children have weak bones they're getting osteoporosis when they're 20 years old um then they did a study in sheep and you know now they're just starting to kind of look at people after doing the sheep you know while doing everything at the same time because everything is crazy and stupid right now the sheep have brain damage from starting puberty blockers too young brain damage in sheep so probably probably going to yeah. be brain damage in children who go through these too. I mean, the puberty blockers were designed for like um, precocious puberty in young girls because yeah. some girls were getting their periods at six years old and that's that's also not healthy. So they were given very small doses of yeah. this the hormones to level them back out again. Anything like this with massive doses of puberty blockers to stop puberty from in, in, a, in a typically maturing child, that's not been studied. So we're going to find out uh, terrible things that happen to our children in 10 years. And those are the ones like the the Chloe Coles who are going to be suing. Thank God. Um, I always say that there's no such thing as a trans child, only Munchausen's by proxy, because when these, some of these children they're and right now it's like a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage in the same way being a goth or a skater or, you know, anything like that. It's like (laughs) there's, yeah, survey was done. Absolutely. Survey was done on um, parents and they were they were interviewing parents of children who suddenly became trans. Right. Because that was things like the suddenly became trans. Um, and so they, they interviewed these parents and it's something like 86 percent of them all had been spending more time with a trans friend group or on a trans social media site. So there was a lot of influence yeah. coming in there. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and and that's why I'm glad you're I'm actually and I bet you're really glad you're in Florida now because your yeah. daughter is a tomboy, right? And so they would be trying to transition your child if you were still in yeah. Massachusetts. Oh yeah, my daughter was targeted hard up in Massachusetts, uh, either being um, non-binary or a lesbian were the two things they were trying to push on her up there. Um, I moved down here within three months. She still plays sports, still excellent at them, but I did up her room in pink last year. Um, she's <laughs> yeah, very well addressed young lady. And she told me that she felt like she could not be herself because at, at, there was a point when we were still in Massachusetts where she felt like she was straying away from tomboy, but mm-hmm. they've made tomboy a gender tomboys on the list of the 72 genders. Oh, Jesus. So she was being <laughs> kind of like, she's like, I felt like I had to be a tomboy. Like I felt like I had to stay yeah. there because that's what they expected of me. And she came down here and within three months, she was this totally like new person. She's herself. She's blossomed. And it was just going to be nothing but holding her back up there. It's amazing how much I hear that, too. So we did an event. It was me, Chloe, um, Jeanette from Partners for Ethical Care and, mm-hmm. and, and a couple other people on this panel in Wisconsin back in January. And I've heard now two stories from that panel where the ch- one happened that night that dad brought his daughter they left and um the daughter said you know what dad you were the 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 speakers were right i'm gonna wait um and and then um i got a another message a couple weeks ago where 
um, the young girl is doing so good since that event, since now they understand. Ooh. <laughs> but they're uh they're doing so good um and recently went up and gave their mom a hug and said thank you for taking her and so it's like those types of things it's like if you can just break their mindset out of this cult then um you'll see changes in a lot of these kids because we know 88 percent grow up and grow out of it by the age of 20 and that's yes. really it yeah. Sarah, you're changing lives doing the work that you're doing. And I hope you know how how grateful I am for people like you and how thankful I am for the work that you do. Like it's yeah, very you. it's it's incredible. And I think that it, trans trans men and trans women, men and women being the operative word, um, you're adults, you know yeah. you've been through it and your voice matters most to to these children because that's that's gonna be their future, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think, so that's why, like when me and Chloe, we do, we've been doing a lot. We've got more events coming up here um, mm -hmm. this year. Um, and that's, that's what I think that that helps a lot too. You have me on one end and Chloe on the stage at the same time saying the same mm -hmm. things and really pushing it that this isn't a trans versus D trans or trans issue in and of itself. It's a, we shouldn't be transitioning our children as an adult. You have the right to do with your body as you please, but you mm -hmm. know, children are sacred. And that's what the, yeah. that's what the, uh, the Texas Democrat that stepped away had said, she said, children are sacred and we okay. protect them. Yes. We've always protected them. And this is, this is new what they're doing to not protect them. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. But all right, we'll shift gears. Um, we're going to go into a hard, hard transition into, did you see this speech to uh, Howard University, a traditional uh, black university? I saw the, the president. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so for everybody out there that hasn't seen this. <laughs> Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. No, you're not, right? I mean, that's he 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 gave away the the trick right there at the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was supposed to say that part out loud. I uh, no. <laughs> no, probably not because um <laughs> yeah, he uh he, he shouldn't have said that because um he it, he it's the, it's the way that they do it all the time is they always you know, wherever they go will say what they want their audience to hear. Now, did you read any of the rest of that speech though? Like the whole mm -mm. speech was race riddled. Like it was all about, you know, racism and, you know, the audience being black. And I can only think of like, if I'm in that audience, it feels like somebody's pandering. If the only thing that they're talking about is, you know, this, you know, characteristic that I was born with. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know, but you heard everybody applaud because I'm guessing at a historically black college, they're going to be pumping out people who believe that and have no basis for challenging it. Like they're not going to be taught to challenge that thought. They're going to be taught, okay, you're victims. The president's coming here to reinforce that you're victims. And yeah. this is the 
your life. This is what you are. It's not who you are. Yeah. Now it's really interesting because I think that there was a lot of lies. I mean, the president mm -hmm. lies about like his history all the time. Oh, and so time. like he, he, he claimed that the, uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King and then the riots that, that, um, that followed were the reason he became a public defender. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't think um, that's true. Then yeah, you went to you like, sign the 94 crime bill. <laughs> Yeah, the 94 crime bill, any any way that he spoke in the 70s and 80s, like he's he's always been a racist old man, like even when he was yeah. a young man. Um, yeah, that's that's not the truth at all. But what communists, one of the tenets of communism is rewriting your story. So that's why we see Bill, that's why we see um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and they're able to just, Kamala saying that she celebrated Kwanzaa as a young child before it was like even invented, um, you know, and they're able to do that because communism says your history is just a story. You can rewrite that yeah. and retell that however you want. So then we have the 1619 yep. project coming in and making shit up. And we have the president and the vice president of the United States just making, making shit up and that nothing yeah. you, you, it's to destabilize you from understanding what is real and what is not real. And that'll well, get you. Yeah. Into well, and that's the postmodern aspect of CRT. It's mm -hmm. that's so when they say that CRT is only teaching history, it's that it's, mm -hmm. it's teaching their history, you know, the not not really the history, but it's it's, it's their history fiction. that you're trying to erase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, that there's no evidence that any of this happened. You know, you have no that the what the history that we teach is the history that America teaches 1776 history. That's all taken yeah. from letters like documents. Um, and it's not all pretty. It's not all pretty. You know, like the way that the, the Constitution was written or the Declaration of Independence was written. It's got a, it's got a racial slur in there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. not everything, not everything about our history is pretty, but it's all it's all factual because it's all written down. Like we know what happened at the first constitutional convention because James Madison took took neurotic notes. He wrote yeah. everything down. And that's the only reason we know anything because they had a, they all swore to secrecy not to say anything about it. Yeah. That's, that's what's um, it's amazing that. Yeah. We, we know so much about that and we know, mm -hmm. well, then the, the Federalist papers and the anti-Federalist papers and, and all of that. Um, we, so we know what the conflicts were. <laughs> exactly. And Thomas Jefferson has something like 15,000 letters that he wrote all on, all on display at the, the library of Congress. Like, we know everything because they wrote it down. We're not just yeah. making things up. And it wasn't all pretty stuff that they wrote down, but we know it all because they wrote it down. Well, we we know even when it's on video that mm -hmm. they will still lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, or when you wrote a bill, like, the, like I said, the 94 crime bill, or when he talks about LGBT issues and he signed, you know, Don't Ask, Don't Tell and sponsored like these other bills. And it's like, or the, the, the Defense of Marriage Act, court. you know? And that's what they, the Iron Law of World Projection on top of it, because they're always telling us, no, your history is just a story. We're just countering your story. It's like, our story has evidence. Yeah. <laughs> we wrote our story so down. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because in this, he also said that it was the Charlottesville quote from Donald Trump that, um, that, got, that made him want to get back into public life. And he said, I'm not even joking. So, you know, he's making it up. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. When he has to reiterate how much he's not joking or listen. 
you know, man, you know, man, you know, man. Yeah, you know, you know, man, listen, <laughs> what I really thought, and he, he projected so much in this speech too, because he even said um, about hate, he said, it never really goes away. He said it, it, it basically, it can never go away. And so mm -hmm. racism can never go away. And so again, that's like them basically saying security. we're going to, yeah, we're going to perpetuate this, this stereotype and make sure that it never goes away. That's why you see like the feds out there with the Patriot front. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, yeah. and that's the thing because what Thomas Massey had said when they were, when they had the, um, the troops all, all sleeping in parking garages. And he said, it's the, you have to, they have to keep up appearances because a picture is going to stay with you longer than a quote. So that's why they like, they, they do these photo ops with the Patriot. We never heard about why they were there, what they did. It's just, oh, the feds are marching down the street again. We all know they're feds, but <laughs> yeah. they're gonna see the picture, and your grandmother's going to see the picture and she's going to say, oh, those people are on the right because that's what she's told to think. And she doesn't know any better to question it. And yeah. there you go. That's going to perpetuate it further, you know. But what he said is um, the reason they're so hellbent on taking pictures is because that's going to stay with you. They need you to have the the feeling of this ever-present threat that you can't see. Only in some pictures you can see it. But that's just going to tell you it's always there. Yeah, that's that's that that makes a lot of sense. And, and what is what is it? Seven times it takes seven times seeing something to believe it's the truth. Like it mm -hmm. takes seven. It's like the seven lies or something like that. Yeah, and if you look at how much they added since the NDA of 2012 that abolished the Smith Munt Act and replaced it with the Modernization Act, which allowed propaganda back into our country, that was 2012 when that happened. So 2013, propaganda started coming back into our country. And if you look at the flow of the propaganda, like they have these charts, like a how much racism was mentioned and it's like and then you get to 2013 it shoots up the graph yeah yep well it was all the race baiters were losing their jobs because mm -hmm. um and really it's interesting because you see a lot more minorities moving over to the right because mm -hmm. they're realizing how much of a um how they're just making them to be victims when it's like, wait a second, you guys are the one that are perpetuating this stuff. And it was, it yeah. was, and I don't know, I wrote an op-ed um, about how it, they're tr the, the, the communists, the, are, tr you know, they're trying to do it with, or the neo-communists, the neo-Marxists are trying to do it mm -hmm. with queer theory. What they tried to do, they tried it with CRT, but the problem was, is they had to get black people to go along with, you know, put, like executing the violence and executing the narrative and uh, believing the narrative. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it comes to the trans issue and queer theory, all they actually have to do is self-identify into the category and then destroy the name. And then they can just self-ID out of the category when they've destroyed everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. And that's a really good connection you made there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're able but, to be gender fluid, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gender fluid. You could just like self-ID in, <laughs> self-ID out. Um, mm -hmm. When you look, but but I started noticing it when you look at it, like the violence. I mean, I, well, I was in your space, I think, when I called it Trantifa because <laughs> that's what it is. Um, all of Antifa self-identifies. And when you start to see like what's happening on the ground, you, you, you realize like when you watch the videos, you're like, wait a second, half these people aren't trans. Like... That doesn't make sense. Like all these allies are are out here. Exactly. Or what they're doing, what what I was seeing that they were doing starting from a younger age is the children were identifying as bisexual and pansexual, right? 
But then yeah. all of these children, they'd go off and they'd have sexually appropriate partners. They, you know, a girl would say, oh, I'm bi, would have boyfriends. And a boy would yep. say, oh, I'm pansexual, would have girlfriends. They never, they could say they were these things and then live their lives normally because the normal to the normal or the sexually appropriate partner was, yeah. it, it, it was included and it was included in bi and, and, um, and, and pan. So that's that what, happens that's what so much. And actually, mm -hmm. I was talking to Arios Garcella about this, too, because that used to be a thing. It used to be like girls would say that they were bi to be cool, mm -hmm. like back in, you know, it would be the cool thing to say that you were bi because then you were part of the community, but they would not, were not really bi. And then basically what that did was it perpetuated, like it, it made, it invalidated real bisexuals. And yes. so this is just. It did. It invalidates real bisexuals. Another step who are... in, the, in the way because real, like real transsexuals. But so from what the president calls the uh, the biggest terror threat to our country, let's move to probably mm -hmm. the actual biggest terror threat to our country. Let me see. The Let's FBI. See. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh well, that would be, but. <laughs> after uh, title 42 a t man an afghan man on the terror watch list crossed over the border illegally with a bunch of migrants oh we're crossing caught over by now. the we're fbi doing, we're doing a we're doing a 2001 <laughs> crossover event with 2023 this is exciting <laughs> it, it it is it's what's interesting is remember that's always been the biggest concern that mm -hmm radical islamic terrorists were crossing the borders with illegal migrants that's been one of the mm -hmm. biggest concerns that we've had even from my neocon days of the early 2000s <laughs> he said. Mm -hmm. yeah. and now it's no, i remember <laughs> there was all the rumors back then that al-qaeda had a camp set up in 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 Juarez and and all this mm -hmm. stuff but, and, and now because there's so much so many people coming across their border it's and and the rules are so relaxed they are actually coming across the border <laughs> yes but um yeah and this comes as title 42 is getting ready to expire now josie i don't know where where are you at like with border security and like with the because the libertarian line is is very different from one side to the other there is the open borders crowd that believe that you should just be able to cross anytime you want um and then there's the people that you should think that you should be able to um you know secure your own borders of the country and i think i saw your tweet the other day and i just remembered that mm -hmm. but oh, i yeah, want to hear what you have to say <laughs> Yeah, yeah. a lot of people, but this is, this is, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a constitutional, a bill of rights libertarian and, um, article four, section four, it's the federal government's job to, to protect the states from invasion. Yeah. And, uh, when I, when article 42 expired, like, ha like they sent the military down there to do what? Protect the states from invasion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that's, 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 that's the rule because borders are an extension of property rights so we pay yeah. taxes on public land and you know we own private land all along the border and this it's 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 property rights and that's libertarian the idea that you can go freely like oh you can't stop somebody's somebody's movement right that's that's the libertarian the the left libertarian perspective um yeah. 
you can't in the United States, you can't um, if you're protected within the states, but not when you're not protected by the Constitution when you're not within these United States. If you're in Mexico, you're not protected by the U.S. Constitution. So, no, you can't travel from Mexico into there, into the U.S. and be protected by their Constitution. Also, why do we have locks on our doors? If I can freely go anywhere (laughs) I want, because that's like it's 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 tyranny to block me from going into your house, Sarah. Tyranny. Oh, yeah. So, well, like you said, it's private property. (laughs) You're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Private property. So that's okay. So, um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So, so this, so public land is the private property of the United States citizens, essentially. Yeah. The public, the public parks. That's all, that's our communal land, you know? Yeah. Um, And I mean, even like, um, you know, if you wanted to go into like a native reservation, like there's certain rules that you have to buy. Like, so, so yeah. that that's the way that's the way that that works. That's the truth of the matter. Um, you can't just freely cross into our country, especially given that we pay the taxes, you know, and I um, I don't think libertarians, their taxes are very libertarian. But right now you can't have both. So yeah. <laughs> I think it was was it Mer- was it Rothbard? He said that I can't remember. Uh, it was one of one of the libertarian scholars said, OK, you can have a welfare state or open borders, but you can't have both. And that's the truth, too. Well, one thing about that is I do know that the immigrants actually pay for the wealth, the welfare of the immigrants that are coming and, and actually getting on welfare. So they do actually pay. It does actually pay for itself. But I'm with you on and I've gotten I've had the left libertarians hate me on this one, too, because I was I I I think a border wall is fine. I mean, I'm a minarchist libertarian. I believe that the sole focus of the U.S. military should be to protect our borders, period. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, like you said, I have no issues with border walls. I have no issues with, with protecting our border. But I do, I'm more in favor of like an Ellis Island style immigration system where you get a background check at the border and you should be let in freely and mm-hmm. then you can focus your resources all your military and your border patrol on people like this this Af- like the, the the cartels and this afghan national that came in because only yeah. bad people would be trying to cross illegally so that's where yeah. i'm at with the border stuff too that's technically would could be considered open border but it's not like this open border where you should just be able to go to your neighbor's house across the other side of the border exactly and i'm i'm on the same page saying um there should be a very easy path to immigration. Very easy yeah. path. And actually, Elon Musk was like, yeah, me too. Um, so <laughs> so we're both on the same page with that. So yeah. my idea is that, you know, if you don't have a felony, if you're not a criminal, if you're not trafficking children and, and you have a, a, a job and it's like, okay, what well, can you provide? Like, okay, you know, I'm a fits for the first two years. Yeah. yeah. You know, can, very can, easy, can, like no crimes, you have a job, you can't get benefits. Yeah. Seems I mean it's it's reasonable to to you know to, to think that. Um because then yeah, I mean that would eliminate like I said, I think that you could it, it, as a military person, somebody who served mm-hmm. in the military, I'm like I look at it though and I do. I see like we we you focus your resources where they matter. And so if you, Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you, if you're not focused on all these hundreds and thousands of immigrants coming in, then you can actually focus on the bad people. And I mean, you know, ending, you know, 
the war on drugs would would help too but that's a whole nother conversation um worrisome as well is uh, one third of the children who get to the border are not there with a custodial parent they're there with and they are let in freely Mm -hmm. because they're there with an adult who's not there they're trafficked to the border and they're there with an adult who who knows what they're there for whether they're there just as a just as a coyote or if they're there to harm the child or hand the child off to somebody who's going to harm them we don't know but one third of children who show up to the border aren't there with the person who's their parent they're there with somebody who's pretending to be their parent that's scary that's that is very scary and i know we've so we've seen a huge influx at the border since you know title 42 was (laughs) was set to uh expire but here is the good old vice president who was so this to set this up too kamala harris was in, was is supposed to be the border czar. She is supposed to handle everything that has to do with the border, even though he's never it, been there. Yeah, and so here is what she had to say about what's going on. You know, I hear that everything in the last couple of days is going rather smoothly, given what the concerns were. And the bottom line, however, is that the issue of immigration falls squarely within the responsibility of the United States Congress. You know, I hear that everything in the last couple of days. So, <laughs> so one, I hear everything's going swimmingly, but yet an Afghan, uh, uh, you know, terrorist came across the border. That's that's mm-hmm. going smoothly, I guess. And then shucking the responsibility off to the Congress. Why do we have a border has... czar? Why do we have a border czar if it all belongs to Congress? You know? <laughs> yeah. like, like, if what are you why doing, <laughs> what have you been doing the last what two years? I mean, well, we know what she's been doing, but uh, nothing. <laughs> literally, I've been doing she, her job. Oh no, they only bring her out every now and then when they think she'll say something smart, and she says something stupid. So it's just, just clips um, of her being dumb. Well, it's clips. I mean, she is the real life Veep. I mean, <laughs> have you ha, have you seen like the clips of her talking in circles, and then mm-hmm. you put it next to the actual like um, the show Veep, and it's like. <laughs> where she was uh she was talking like and it was like wait a second why are you you're not saying anything but you're saying <laughs> something <laughs> in a long time to say nothing there kamala yeah and she does it all the time and then remember it was like um i mean because they gave so many mixed statements early on too like it was mm-hmm. we're gonna let you in but don't come we're gonna let you in but don't come <laughs> don't come don't come mm-hmm. I love the mashup with Trump saying, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. That's awesome. All right. But yeah, I, I mean, the border is such a crazy issue that we're on to the last segment where this is, I, I still need a name for this segment. It's kind of the segment where, um, it's just kind of a, to get a laugh, okay? Because mm-hmm. everything else is so crazy. And this one features your boss. So. <laughs> Yay, Tim. <laughs> um, so this was, um, the surfs were on, the surf, oh, what's yes. his name? It was on last week. Lance. So, yeah, Lance was on. And Lance so went on to block all of us. <laughs> I just saw that I was blocked today. When I pulled this up, I was like, wait a second, I'm blocked. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, but here's here it is for the audience. 
Oh, the after hours show is if, wild. If you suck a trans woman's penis, is that gay? It's not. No, you're, you're <laughs> sucking a woman's penis. Stop. No, that's yeah, gay. I know. Stop. I'm, I'm blowing <laughs> hands. No. Oh, I mean, even Ian's like, no, that's gay. No, no. <laughs> even Ian, I know. Um, but it is. I mean, come on now. Like, let's <laughs> talk about. It. It's like we can be as trans friendly as we want i'm a trans person and it's like the act is homosexual it's a homosexual act it doesn't yes. matter if the penis belongs to a trans woman or a man it's a homosexual act yes it's a it's a male organ and that's the thing is they were like oh no we're not going to ever conflate gender with sex we're never going to do that and that was the slippery slope and that was probably just like four or five years ago they were saying that and now it's like no that is a biological male sex organ. And if a <laughs> male sucks on the biological male sex organ, that is gay. It's gay. It's gay. And that's it's okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> yes, gay, but being it's okay. gay is fine. No one's judging. We're just speaking in reality here. It's yeah. gay to suck a male's penis. If you I are mean, listen. Listen, I'm bisexual, <laughs> so I'm I'm good with this. Okay. But it's gay. It's, it's yes. a homosexual act. It is very much yep. homosexual. Now, I, I've also been somebody who would say, like, I've, I've even looked at some of the nuance of this, though, right? Like a girl's penis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've not said that. No, no, no. It's not a girl's penis. No. It's a girl's penis. <laughs> um, which actually... Um, going Talking about what I was telling you before the show, so mm -hmm. um, the Lou Perez skit, um they talk about the female penis <laughs> and it's hilarious you have to go watch it in the audience if you don't know lou perez did a skit with free the people and it's called misgendering a murder uh, it's um in a comedy series that lou's doing called um i think it's comedy is murder um and it is funny though no i've i've talked though about I think there can be some nuance when it comes to sexuality. Like if you're a man and you date trans women and women, it doesn't necessarily make you gay or bi. Unless you're sucking their That is, a, but that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's, a, that's, that's, the that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the nuance. And because yeah. you can be attracted to the female form mm -hmm. and technically, I mean, and I think Blair White said it best. She's like, it may not be like a Kinsey zero, but it's also not like it's it, straight is the best thing to, you know, probably the best thing to call it. Cause you like the female form and, and that's all you mm -hmm. date. But again, yeah. the act of sucking a trans woman, like any penis is yes. homosexual. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It is gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's where we leave off right now because, um, yeah, we, we go till eight because actually I, 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 I started the show at seven because I didn't want to run into Tim cast because they would just take all my viewers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Josie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, coming on, having, uh, sharing your insight and having a good time. This was a really fun show. Thank you for having me on. It was a very important, very important things that we talked about today and uh and at the end of the show absolute absolute uh <laughs> just just excellence <laughs> oh it's it's so good it's so good um where can everybody go find you 
You can find me on Twitter at T-R-H-L official. And that's really where I hang out. And also, you know, like I said at the beginning, head over onto uh, TimCast, smash the subscribe button and help support our work over there. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And um, and speaking of Lou Perez, I am going to be on his show tomorrow night. Um, and so go check that out. I'm also, I, I mean, tomorrow is Comedy Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be on with Danny Polishuk with Low Value Mail right after the Lou Perez show. So go watch both of those. And then I have... I have Matt Ray scheduled to come on Thursday night for a special interview as well. So we are busy this week. I will probably have a special video that I filmed with Shapeshifter two weeks ago come out this week. So lots of good collabs this week. Um, and click that like and subscribe button over here and then jump over to Tim and, and, and smash that like button. So <laughs> again, okay. join me, follow me across all social medias. Make sure you go follow Josie and uh, we will see y'all next time.